0: Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time to take a look around the NFL with John McClain from Gallerysports.com and Sports Radio 610. Here's your boy Q.
1: And John McClain joins us now on the phone lines. And John, we do appreciate you as always. And 10 trades were done before the trade deadline. That's a record in the NFL. Uh, How surprised were you that it was that active this year?
2: It was a record, and I don't think anybody expected that queue. But the fact is, since they moved back to trade deadline, teams have a better idea of where they stand and where they could go, whether that is to the playoffs, Super Bowl contention, or for a high number one draft choice. And so you could see from teams that traded veterans to teams that are in contention, and those teams that traded the veterans loaded up with draft choices, so it was very exciting. And the team that's getting roasted the most for not making a deal with the Packers because everybody thought they needed a receiver. They could have had the Giants' Kadarius Tony traded last week to the Chiefs. They could have had the Steelers' Chase Claypool traded today to the Bears. So they could have made moves, but their their tradition is not to do things big on the day of the trade deadline.
1: They could have had the Texans. Brandon Cooks. Are you surprised that Brandon Cooks didn't make, or didn't wasn't traded today?
2: Uh, no, Brandon Cooks was. But yesterday was a deadline that most people in the media don't know about. Mm. Uh, once that deadline passed yesterday, teams could not pay a chunk of a, a piece of, of the base salary uh. next year. For instance, Brandon Cooks didn't make eighteen million. Nobody wanted to pay him eighteen million dollars. And as of yesterday, they had to take the whole contract. Now, they could have done the deal yesterday. Cooks is mad. I don't blame him. He's with, even though Detroit is officially the worst team in the NFL by a half game over the Texans, I believe that the the uh, Texans are the worst team. Now, I say that. You know, they led the Raiders 20 to 17 early in the fourth quarter. Yep. They've been in the, every game in the fourth quarter except Sunday when they just got humiliated by the Titans and Derrick Henry with a rookie quarterback, Malik Willis, who's not ready to play in the NFL. And they still humiliated the Jacksons, took their, took their lunch money and kicked sand in their face.
1: Yeah, no, they really did. Again, we're talking with John McClain from GallerySports.com, also Sports Radio 610 in Houston, and talking about taking their lunch money and kicking sand in their face. That's what the Saints did to the Raiders on Sunday uh, as they shut them out 24 0. John, when you see a team that comes out and just doesn't really have any kind of life and doesn't, I mean, they didn't pass the midfield until like there's three minutes left to go in the game and Jarrett Stidham was in the game. What does that tell you from all your years of covering the league?
2: Well, first of all, I saw a team like that, and that was the Texans against the <laughs> Titans. And as far as the Raiders, like everybody else, I was shocked. I watched what they did against the Texans, played their best game offensively of the season. And uh, then what I saw against New Orleans, and the Saints that' nothing special. They're they're okay, but they're not anything special. When that happens, just like here, Lovey Smith, the head coach, are getting roasted. Mm-hmm. Because he did not have his team ready to play. He didn't have his team ready to be physical like the Titans are. And that's one reason I gave uh Levy Smith and his staff an F minus on my report card. And the same thing with Josh McDaniels. It's on him. You know, he's the head coach. They're coming off a victory. We've got everybody fired up, including them. And then to go over there and stink it up like you did in the Superdome, my goodness, now you wonder Uh, I thought they'd make a run at the playoffs last week. Now I'm wondering if they're going to
3: make a run
1: at last place. Right. No doubt about it. Again, John McClain is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. DeVon Cotton's got one for you.
3: I want to take you back to Brandon Cooks because it leads into my next question. He tweeted out, Don't take a man's kindness for granted. Covered for the last for too long. Those days are done. Cross the line with playing with my career. When it comes to a player being disgruntled, obviously he wanted to get traded, are these things more likely to blow over now the trade deadline's gone and there's nothing they can do, or do you expect them to move him And like when you see these situations occur with players, when they're openly vocal about how much they don't like the team that they're playing for?
2: First of all, that's the first thing he's ever done, even remotely like that. He's one of the nicest guys, one of the least controversial people I've ever seen. And he also was very close to the fired Jack Easterby. He and Easterby had bonded in New England. Easterby played a big role in him coming here. I do not feel sorry for Cooks because he signed a two year, $39 million contract in the off-season. He knew he was going to be playing on a bad team. You know, he's playing on a dog. And, uh, um, one of the reasons they didn't trade him is because their other starting receiver, Nico Collins, is out with a growing injury. He could miss a bunch of games. we you traded their best receiver, Brandon Cooks. How can you expect Davis Mills to improve? And Mills is coming off. We thought he played his best game against the Raiders, except for pick six late. And then he was just awful, awful against the Titans. His interior offensive line got destroyed, just like their interior defensive line got destroyed. It had been illegal if they did to the Texans what they did and was off the field. And so uh, Cooks wanted to be traded. He heard a lot of talk about the Rams between Super Bowl champions or the Packers to play with Aaron Rodgers. I'm sure he talked to Randall Cobb who he was here, cut. He goes back to Green Bay, happy as can be. And so I'm guessing when the media gets to talk to him next day after Thursday night game against Philadelphia, he'll be singing a different tune.
1: Talking again with John McClain here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. Unnecessary roughness, John. I learned something today that you could trade for a player that was suspended, like the Jaguars traded for Calvin Ridley. I think it's a really good trade for the future for the Jaguars. But did you were you aware that you could trade for a, a suspended player?
2: Q. I never thought about it. You know, it's, I don't think it's ever happened, so I never thought about it. I'm stunned the Jaguars know it because they're so bad. Maybe it was the Falcons told other teams that hey. You can trade a suspended player. You're interested in Ridley. Now, the Jaguars not going anywhere. Hell, they've won two games. They're competing for the top pick again. Texans have already beaten them once, could sweep them, which would give the Texans ten consecutive victories. I think that should be illegal if the Jaguars end up with first overall pick three years in a row. But it's a good pick for next year. Ridley's mm-hmm. a good receiver. He did something really stupid, put his name, plays, and bets for friends. And uh, I thought, considering everything going on in football the way it is today about gambling, you know, you can't take a breath without seeing gambling in the NFL to suspend him because you put his name on a small bet for a year. It's kind of preposterous to me, but uh, he, uh, he should be a good addition for Trevor Lawrence next season.
1: What do you think about what Miami did today and what Miami's been doing? They went out and got Bradley Chubb. Uh, They gave up a 2023 first, a 2024 2024, uh, fourth round pick, and also a running back. But they've just been stacking talent with all the first round picks that they acquired.
2: They're trying to win now. They didn't have their first. They gave up uh, the 49ers first round pick that they got for Trey the Trey Lance trade. Remember they had to forfeit their first round pick mm-hmm. because of Steven Ross, the owner. And so uh, they're trying to win now. They've got a great offense. Tua tonga of when he's healthy has become a really, really good quarterback for the Dolphins' sake. You gotta hope that he stays healthy. The odds are against him because he's hurt every year. Chubb's a good pass rusher, five and a half sacks, but beware Injuries. He's only played one full season. That was his rookie year in 2018, and he has missed every. He's missed games every year, I think 28
3: overall. A.J. Brown's looking like the best wide receiver in football. Do you think that was the best trade acquisition or free agent acquisition that was made this offseason, A.J. Brown to the Eagles?
2: Oh, man, well, I didn't think about that, but I'll tell you about it. Uh, for some reason, and there's a lot of animosity in Nashville toward their general manager, John Robinson, for trading Brown because they didn't want to give him a big contract. Now, Ryan Tannehill cut 30, counted $39 million against the cap last year when they had the best record in the AFC and secured all-field advantage. But as the Rams show, you can manipulate your roster and sign anybody if you really want to. So he goes to Philadelphia. Now, this last game, he he averaged 26 yards of catch. He had three touchdowns. He only had two before. Now, I'm not going to say he's the best because I don't have time to go over every one of them, <laughs> but it was a great one. The Eagles, he tormented the Texans ever since he got in the league twice a year. Somebody said, well, he's going to torment them Thursday night, too. I said, yes, but he won't be able to do it twice a year because I don't think they're going to meet again in the Super Bowl.
1: No, 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 that's definitely not going to happen. <laughs> Again, we're talking with John McClain here on Raider Nation Radio 920. on the say, roughness, just got a couple more questions for you and want to bring it back to the Raiders. And they're staying in Sarasota, Florida right now, practicing at IMG Academy instead of coming back to Vegas and then going and playing Jacksonville this upcoming Sunday. How much does that have you seen? How, how much does that help teams when they stay on the East Coast or stay on the whatever coast they're on so they don't have to travel as much?
2: Usually it depends on how good the team is. Most of it's mental. They're going to get to do the same things physically they would have done at all. But going across the country twice like they would have, I think it's very smart. And uh, if they lose, if they win the game, (laughs) that might contribute to the win, just not having to make those many flights. But uh, most teams like to do that today. And Al Davis, when he was running the Raiders, on the road, if it was cross country, he'd leave on Friday. He wanted to go to the stadium and had his players have uh, a Friday walk through and a Saturday walk through. And it didn't help. Them. It didn't. Sometimes it helped them win, but you know what? They had great players. Right. So the bottom line on the Raiders, if they play like they played against the Texans, they'll win with no issue. If they stink it up the way they did against New Orleans. I'm not saying Jacksonville is going to beat them because the Jaguars are bad, but if, they'd have a chance.
1: Right, I got you, I got you. And, John, you've, you've talked about it a lot since Josh McDaniels took over this team uh, that there's a lot of pressure because they were a playoff team a year ago. How, how great is that pressure for not only Josh McDaniels, but also GM Dave Ziegler when you're taking over a playoff team?
2: It's the first year of their contract, so it's not like Mark Davis is going to fire him. Right. But they know they came into a playoff team that made the trade for Adams. You know, having missing Darren Waller all that time has got to affect an offense. Adams is not playing as well as he did at Green Bay, but he's playing with Derek Carr instead of Aaron Rodgers. And I'm sure Aaron Rodgers would certainly like to have him back, but, he, hey, he wanted to go to Las Vegas and play with his old college teammate, and he's getting that opportunity. So maybe the Raiders... That would be a wake-up call, but if you look at Josh McDaniel's record in Denver and his record now, it's not good as a head coach. He's one of the most successful uh, offensive coordinators in NFL history, but I think uh, I'd be interested to see if this season continues to be bad, if uh, they retool or rebuild.
1: Right. I got you. Before we let you go, DeMond t- t- wanted to ask you about the World Series.
3: Something that I wanted to talk to you about with that postponement is now that Game 5 is going to be on a Thursday and I know that the Eagles are going to be playing the Texans. So I know that we could talk about the <laughs> matchups and everything. Who's going who's to benefit from that postponement? But on Thursday, are you going to be watching the game in the press box? Uh,
2: no, I'm not going to be in the press box. I'm going to cover it from home. I'm going to stay here streaming on my laptop and I'm going to watch the Astros because I had to write about the, i might more columns about the Astros for galleriesports.com than the Texans. Because um, I've never been able to cover a winner that was favored to win at all like this. I'm having a blast. Now, I'll tell you something interesting. Before the season, I checked to see and the Browns game had to be the biggest seller on the schedule because of Deshaun Watson. No. The biggest on the schedule was the Eagles because the Eagles fans, They love to see them. They love to see their team on the road. They have fans across the South who've moved down here, and they travel well. So they're the ones that are going to be hurt. The Eagles fans are coming here. Oh, we're going to get to watch our undefeated team. Then we're going to get to go home and watch the World Series or stay down there and watch the World Series come back here, hopefully. I'm guessing we're going to see a lot of fans at NRG Stadium have one eye on the football field and one eye, on their tablets, and their cell phones.
1: That's going to be fun, though. I mean, that really is. I mean, Philadelphia and Houston in the NFL, Philadelphia and Houston in the World Series. And, John, I don't mean to end this on a downer, but
2: what happened that you game? You did. That was the bad of <laughs> downers I've had today. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> game one, what in the world happened? The Astros were up 5-0 and lost.
2: Justin Verlander stunk it up as he's done in the World Series. He was he's 0 six with 6.07 ERA, and I put out a tweet after that game. Has there ever been a great pitcher who was worse in the World Series than Justin Verlander? And immediately people started replying, Clayton Kershaw. But I'm glad they're going with Chris and Javier in Game Four instead of Verlander.
1: There you go. Well, John, I, I, I got the Astros, man. I'm I'm pulling for the Astros. I know you are as well, and you, you're you having a lot of fun covering them, so great as always. What do you got coming out on Gallerysports.com that we should look out for?
2: It's all Astros and all negative stuff on the Texans and on SportsRadio610.com, <laughs> where I do three Texans things a week, columns and three podcasts. It's all negative all the time.
1: There you so go. Well,
2: you enough, nobody listening to this station. Wants to read negative because they're getting all that right there in Los Angeles.
1: I know that's right. Thanks, John. So
2: Appreciate about you. The Thanks,
1: <laughs> all right, there he goes. The general, John McClain, right there, talking about all the negativity going on with the Houston Texans. Good stuff from John. And of course, the World Series uh, did get postponed. Uh, Monday night due to weather. So uh, there you go. Can't wait to see some more baseball action. 316 is the time. Good stuff from the general right there. We do appreciate him. Come back. we we'll get to some of your calls and texts coming up at 3.30. You'll hear from defensive coordinator Patrick Graham, offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi. But well, like I said, we're going to be hearing from you as well. 702-365-9200, 69187, keyword r and Nation Radio, 920.
4: You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio.
1: Coming up at 3.30, defensive coordinator Patrick Graham, offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi has a few sounds from them. They met with the media earlier this morning from Sarasota, Florida, uh, the same place that Vinny Bonsignor is at right now as he checked in with us on the show earlier today. Uh, fired up. Vinny was uh, he was fired up and he had a lot to say and we do appreciate that and Vinny will join the show again tomorrow as he continues to cover the Raiders up close to personal from Sarasota, Florida. I'm in Tucson, Arizona getting ready for Lil Q's basketball game later on this evening. Western Oregon takes on Arizona and my man DeMond Cotton's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio right there in Las Vegas holding it down, making sure that we go So everything we've been talking about has been about the trade deadline and what the Raiders did and did not do, which they didn't make any moves. And a lot of folks said, hey, maybe they should have brought in some talent. I didn't think they were going to do it because of their overall record, but – you know, there's obviously a d- bunch of different opinions, and that's fine. So we've been uh, reaching out to you at 702-365-9200, 69187, keyword r and And a couple of names that I do want to throw out there to just kind of keep an eye on, and we talked to, to uh, about one of them with, uh, with Vinny when he was on. Uh, Sidney Jones, the cornerback from Seattle, they've waived him. He's no longer uh, on the the roster, and that's a guy that last week I was talking about. Maybe the Raiders could make a move for him, give up a sixth-round pick or a seventh-round pick. Well, it'd be even better if they could just pick him up off waivers. Right, That would be even better, not have to give up any draft capital and be able to pick him up. Another guy that's intriguing to me, and I'm not saying he's going to be a good player, because one, his reputation is that he's kind of lazy, and DeMond will tell you there's nothing I hate more than lazy, but I know that he has he has the, the makeup of a guy who could be a good player, uh, but he just ha- it just hasn't panned out for him yet, and that's defensive tackle uh, Tristan Hill from Dallas. And the funny thing about this is the Cowboys waived him, after they acquired Jonathan Hankins. So the Raiders just traded Jonathan Hankins to the Cowboys, uh, and, and then the Cowboys said, okay, now we don't need Tristan Hill. Tristan Hill they picked very early in the draft in what? Was it 2019, I believe? Just It was just a couple of years ago. It wasn't very long ago when they picked him up. Uh, I don't know the exact date, but it, it wasn't very long. And uh, I know a lot of folks. Matter of fact, Rod Marinelli was uh, with the Cowboys at that point, point when uh, they picked him up and said that he liked Tristan Hill a lot, and it just never panned out. And so, of course, the Cowboys went and they made the trade for Jonathan Hankins, and now Tristan Hill's out there. So just keep an eye on those two names. Tristan Hill from the Cowboys and Sidney Jones from the Seahawks. Could be some guys that GM Dave Ziegler and Champ Kelly, assistant GM, decide to go in, go out, get, bring in, and see what they got. I mean, at this point in stage of the game, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a bad thing to bring the talent in and just see what they have and see if a change of location helps a little bit. Sidney Jones, I know could play. I, I know that for a fact. Tristan Hill, the jury's still out, so we really don't know. But let's go out to the phone lines and talk to you at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to Fargo Raider. What's on your mind, brother? Welcome to the show.
5: Hey, Q and the mom, thank you for taking my call. For sure. Um, hey, get stupid. It's what we do, kid. <laughs> try to whip Are we dancing on the hood. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, man. Yeah, Mag Dre. R.I.P. to Mac
1: Dre. Yes, Mac D.R.E. Yeah,
5: hey, that's cold, man. You know, I grew up in in, in in the 805 and the Dirty Nickel on Central Coast, but we still have hell hella love for, you know, Bay Music, Andre yeah. Catina, Amiak r e all that. The, yeah. and Matt, uh, Andre still goes to San Luis Obispo and plays there all the time.
1: Pretty, I t- believe pretty it, cool. yep,
5: yep. Was, uh, so getting to the topic, I don't think that we – or I didn't see us making any trades after the game, just like you were saying, mm-hmm. and then uh, – and really – I think we're even looking at this next game to see if we're even uh, worried about the rest of the season. I mean, if they lose this next game coming up, this is supposed to be the easy stretch, which is what worried me. Right. Because we play down to a competition, and this is this ain't nothing new. I know a lot of people are out there saying, "Why are we so surprised?" It's not the surprise of this happening; it's just the level of it happening yeah. is a little bit, but, you know. And we've been used to these last few years. We started off hot. So you know, not starting off hot and then coming back, and you know, soaping the bed after the bye week, it's not sitting well with us, and that's why everybody's so frustrated. It, it, we it, we can't get rid of the coach right now, of course. You know, who are we kidding? Anybody that's been a Raider fan for any amount of time already knows the coaching roulette, the quarterback roulette is why a lot of people are hesitant to talk about Carr, and the the coach roulette's gotten even worse for us we don't need that anymore we need some continuity they need to figure it out i know it, we wanted to we expected more in year one but the reality is if this next game don't pan out then we're looking at a game where we don't need to worry about bringing guys in they're not going to add much to a losing team we need to worry about securing our picks for the future thank you for taking my call and you have a good one
1: good stuff my man fargo raider right there and yeah i mean. Uh, you know, this is this is a game that they need to go in there and get that, that nasty taste out of their mouth. And, of course, we'll, we'll really focus in on the Jaguar game starting tomorrow, but they got to get that taste out of their mouth from what happened on Sunday against the Saints because maybe, look, it could be a super overreaction on my part. It could be a super reac- overreaction on a lot of folks' part. It could have just been a bad day at the office. It could have just been a bad day. I mean, seriously, we've all had bad days at the office. Maybe it was just an awful day at the office, and that is not really a reflection of what that team is going to do moving forward.
3: The same way you say it's a good day to have a good day, well, that's a bad day to have a bad day.
1: No doubt. No doubt. I agree 100%. It's it's not something that I don't want to make an excuse to say, oh, it was just a bad day, but maybe it was. Maybe they come out this upcoming week and they just dominate, and then they play the Colts. They They host the Colts at Allegiant Stadium, and they dominate. I don't know. Look, it's again, it's one game at a time, it's why I I really have hesitated to talk about the easier stretch in the in the in the schedule because there, I don't think there's any game that's easy. And that game against the Saints, I, one, I never thought it was easy anyway because the Saints have too much talent on their squad, at least, you know, on the surface when you look at Kamara, you look at Hill, you look at Thomas and and, and Landry, who I know didn't play, or Lattimore. But they got talent, man. They, they got a talented team. Jameis, if he had played, he's a talented quarterback. Did he turn the ball over? Sure. But he's a talented quarterback, and Andy Dalton is a vet. He's been there, done that. So, you know, they, they've got guys, obviously defensive players as well, but – uh, that was just a bad day, like you mentioned, DeMond. Bad day to have a bad day. Let's get a call from Juan the Smasher. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind?
6: What's up, Q? What's going on? I'm
1: chilling, man. I know that's right. <laughs> hey, Q. Yeah.
6: Hey, hey, hey man, you like those
1: tamales, though? Yeah, yeah. We haven't fired them up yet, but, yeah, we got those tamales, man. No doubt about it. The wife, she came by the oil yesterday, and as soon as I saw her, I was like, oh, Juan the Smasher uh, gave us some of his mama's uh, tamales. So, uh, yeah, the wife was pretty happy about that.
7: Man, I'm trying to tell you because them
5: things smack harder than baby mamas when they're pissed off. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but on another note, I just can't believe these Raiders, man. How they just laid an egg? That one, that one hurts right there. And uh, like, like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a piggyback off of Vinny, and he's right, man. All these cats gotta look themselves in the mirror. Any, anyone else besides Josh J and man and Mad Max? Because all these cats are just letting these guys down. Those, those two fools are the only guys playing with their heart, and everyone else is just playing like they just want to get up out of there. It, it, it hurts. It sucks. I don't know what to say, Q, because I had high hopes. I was drinking that gin and juice, and all I got was nothing but water, just water,
8: <laughs> and uh, and,
5: it, and it's tough, but, but you know what? I'm going to keep my head up because I've been watching the Raiders for too damn long, and I already learned how to let go. It don't bother me when we lose no more. It used to, but now it's all good, and come on, baby.
6: Let's go, Raiders.
1: There he goes, Juan the Smasher. Thanks for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And that's really the best approach to take, man. If you could do that, that's the way to go. I, I remember those miserable days as well. And, you know, I just I just have, have am not – I don't approach it like that anymore because I realize how many important things there are that, uh, you know, I could be missing out on or, or not really realizing is right in front of me because I'm fired up and – angry about a result of a game so uh, yeah I, I get it man I, I appreciate the call good stuff as always thanks again uh for the tamales let's go out to san jose real quick and talk to our guy robert welcome to the show what's on your mind brother
8: uh thanks for taking my call to you uh yes, sir uh i'm gonna be 58 in january football has not changed our line is just awful on both sides of the ball uh I've never been the Andre James guy. We took a big step backwards from Rodney Hudson. We have a guy named Bars and Ilan Malur who are just bodies out there. (laughs) Until we get our offensive line together, we're not going anywhere. And that should be job number one in terms of free agent money. Uh, And our defensive line, our defensive tackle, the guy that they brought in, have done nothing. And Chandler Jones might be the worst contract in the NFL right now. Is, he, is that a series of one-year contracts can the Raiders get out of his deal because he's either hurt or he's just lost a couple of steps? So I, since you're a lot closer to their, to the situation, can you enlighten me is, has he lost a couple of steps, or are you hearing something that he's hurt?
1: No, I'm not hearing anything about him being hurt at all. It, it just and I hate to say that he's lost a couple of steps, but it feels like it's just you know it just feels like he doesn't have that same juice. Right? Just that's I don't know what do you think, Damon?
3: You know what? I've been the biggest defender of him on this station probably. But the game there were a couple of runs from Taysom Hill where I was watching it and it just looked like like he just didn't have that burst where Taysom Hill was beating him off the edge and it was just, man, he's just not getting it done. So to me, maybe lost a step, maybe that could be the right the right phrase, or it's just a bad game, a bad matchup. He just wasn't ready for Taysom Hill to be running right at him because, you know, they're not running the Max Crosby's way. right? They're running at Chandler Jones. Right. Well,
1: I'll tell you right now, looking at his contract, and I really haven't done the, the research on his contract, the out is really the 2024 year. So after next year, looks like when the real out is. Uh, the cap hit for this year was $7.8 million. Dead cap hit, $32 million. 2023, the cap hit is $19 million, dead cap hits $25 million. So um, I expect that contract for next year, 2023, will be restructured. I can't see the Raiders taking a $19 million cap hit with uh, with Chandler Jones, but I also can't see them willing to split up a $25 million dead cap hit by moving on from him. It looks like the potential out is after 2023, where the dead cap hit is only $7.2 million and and uh, 19 – million is the cap hit, uh and then twenty twenty five and twenty twenty six are void years. So there you go. So it looks like the out is after next year and that's yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> I, I almost wish I hadn't looked at that. Only because uh, you know, I mean seriously, that's a that's that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money right there for very little production. And I that's a great question. I don't know what's going on with Chandler Jones. I know that what we've heard and we'll hear from defensive coordinator Patrick Graham in just a few minutes and offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi but I know he said that they've used him in different ways and this, that, and the other. They've asked him to do other things, and he's selfless, and he's setting Max Crosby up for success. But look, you know what, man? At the end of the day, you know, I, I, I don't I don't ever want to say that a coach is just giving us coach speak, but at the end of the day, man, these edge rushers are, are paid to do what? Get after the quarterback and make an impact on the game. Even if they're not getting sacks, get a ton of pressures, get after the runners, do so. I mean, just their presence has to be felt. And I'm sorry, but... Through seven games and eight weeks, Chandler Jones' presence has not been felt enough. So uh, thank you for your call, Robert. I do appreciate you. Uh, let's get one more in. Uh, what is this, Raider, Raider?
3: Raider Rock in Korea.
1: Oh, Raider Rock in Seoul, Korea. What's on your mind, Raider Rock? Welcome to the show.
9: Hey, um, well, you know why I'm calling in, right? Because I need to know whether you got your black pens or not.
1: <laughs> no, I actually have not got God my... Work? I haven't got my black
9: pens yet. No. <laughs> yeah, because the Raiders are really not worth talking about. Why? Um, you know, as you and Damon said, you know, this is a bad. It was a bad game, and, and you know, we had it in a bad day. But you know, remember a couple of years ago when we went to New York and got select by the Jets. We we barely avoided a, a shutout. Yeah. And then last last year with it, when the Giants, you know, who were terrible, you know, we went there and got you know got beat pretty bad. Yeah. So you know, hopefully, hopefully this is one of them games that where we we travel at a distance and and um, play an early game and get get smacked. You know, and, and yeah. hopefully it's a one off. Otherwise, this season is is done, and then we've got to talk about. Well, who's the head coach gonna sacrifice at the end of the year? Is it gonna be the defensive coordinator or the you know, offensive line coach, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if we if we lose against the Jag, Jag I mean that's the discussion that we're gonna have as well as the draft, so you know.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Good stuff my man and I didn't get my black pins, but I did get my white Nikes. You know, I had to replace those white Nikes after I had my uh, my football situation in front of the house. But I did get some new white Nikes. So I know my man Raider Rock working there in Seoul, Career, working for Nike now. He's still waiting to hook his boy up. So, uh, again, I wear a size 13 shoe. I like dry fit. Everything. <laughs> Socks, golf pants, polo shirts. I mean, everything is everything. I like the uh, I like the 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 dry fits, my man. So just in case you ever you know feel the need, it's all good. I'm here for you. Just saying, look, man, I can. Uh, I oh, worst he can say is no. <laughs> worst he can say is no. Let's get a quick call in from our guy Eddie in LA. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Eddie, what's up, Eddie? Eddie's not there. Is. There he is.
6: Yeah, yo, 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 yo. You got me now? Yeah,
1: I got you, Eddie. Loud and clear. What's up, all brother? Right.
6: Man, at least, at least I could say that I was disappointed in seeing it, but honestly, I wasn't disappointed at all. I, I, every year, something about this team, no matter what the coaching staff is, no matter who's on there at the helm, doesn't matter, they always get there and they just crush our hearts just like that. In the moment when we think things are finally turning around, here we go, this is where we're going to catch the momentum, this is where we're going to right the ship, they go out and put a full performance like that. I mean, each player, man to man, they 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 had no heart. They had nothing for that game. No answer. Not what's wrong. Guy calls, tells you he's gonna punch you in the face, and you just let him. You turn the other cheek and say, "Give it to me. I'm there too." It was just it, it was just poor poor just workmanship. I mean, you, the players shouldn't even be proud to put on that uniform. So this weekend, man, I, I, I'm I'm really hoping there we're gonna go out there. We're gonna see uh, a game where they're not only they gonna show up but they're just going to tear out the Jaguars, tear them a new one, just so they can get that bad taste at the mouth. Because if they don't, boy, the rest of the season, look out now. There's nobody that's going to save us. There's no players out there. There's nothing. There's nothing you're going to do until the end of the season. And then you've got to turn around and say, Chandler Jones, mistakes. Was McDaniels a mistake? Doesn't look good right now. Was Ziggler signing those type of uh, deals right now? Everything's looking bad. Let's just hope we're wrong, man. Let's just hope it was just a bad, like you were saying, bad day at the office. not looking good, man. But I'm having faith. It's just getting harder and harder. And how it always is, Raider Nation, stay up, baby.
1: <laughs> there you go. Good call, my man. Definitely appreciate hearing from you. And Fargo Raider just passed this over to us, little stat – Unique Ngakwe versus Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones has half a sack on the season, 15 tackles, nine solo, one tackle for loss, and six quarterback hits. Unique Ngakwe, four sacks, 28 tackles, 17 solo, eight tackles for loss, and 23 quarterback hits. And you know what's funny about this? Unique Ngakwe is on pace to do the same thing Unique Ngakwe does every single year. Every single year he consistently gets eight sacks. Like you can pencil that in. When you know he's starting the season, you can just pencil the number eight and let him work his way up to it. He's at four right now. He'll get eight as long as he stays healthy. He'll be he'll be at eight before the season's over. I mean that's just that's just who he is. And I thought that you know Chandler Jones was going to be an upgrade because he's the guy that fits in with this system uh, that that uh, that uh, Patrick Graham is running. You know better than Unique Ngakwe, but. Right now, it's not paying off, so it's always going to be easy for us to go back and kind of second guess it and say, shoulda, woulda, coulda, but at this point, it doesn't really matter because they didn't. So, you know, Chandler Jones, he's got to step up. Still got plenty of games. Obviously, they've got 10 more left to go. Has plenty of games to go out there and show his worth, but he's really got to start showing up and showing out in a major way. Let's get one more call again. You listen to Unnecessary Roughness here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Quick, my man, quick. What's on your mind, brother?
7: Two well What's
1: up, What's boss? up man? Oh, you got hey, it, man. Yeah. Yeah,
7: you know what? Let me hop in here real quick. Uh Chandler Jones, old, told you that offseason. Well, stop signing 30-year-old players. I told you that this offseason. What did True. we do? We signed two of them. What happened? Look at them now. Uh, number two, Raider Nation, we can't listen to Vinny B. He told us that Cleveland Farrell was a better draft pick than Devin White. He told us that Roquan Smith was just as good, or Perryman was just as good as Roquan. We cannot trust Vinny. Now he's trying to sell us on Sidney Jones, who's been cut by two other teams and cut, not even traded. Man, I don't trust everything I hear. That's why I see what I see and I go based on that. This team ain't going nowhere. Blame the O line if you want to, but we also got a quarterback who has zero pocket presence, who's turned the football over a trillion times. So Benny and him being all mad and his Bonsignor coming out, my Bonsignor been on for 20 seasons. I'm tired of that. <laughs> I'm gone, dude. I'm gone.
1: Hey, there he goes. Quick, good call. My man, I appreciate you. I love the Bonsignor reference. That was awesome. That was good stuff right there. That was well thought out by my man Quick. And I'll say, I, I think that Sidney Jones as well would be a good fit. And you're right. He's been cut. He was injured early. When he came out of school, he was injured uh, coming out of Washington. Uh, I think he'd be a good fit because the Raiders need some depth right now. Right? I mean, they need help at that corner position. I'm not saying he's the cure for everything. He's not. He's a guy who didn't even, you know, wasn't even worth being traded for. But, again, for what the Raiders have right now, which is not a lot, that's the problem. You know, you look at the corners, you're thinking about, you know, is Sam Webb going to have an opportunity to play? You know Nate Hobbs isn't coming back for a while. Rock has been okay. I don't remember who said it last week, but someone hit us up on the text line and was like, well, Rock's been better than Nate. Eh, has he? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I really paid attention. I remember seeing Rock early in the game make a play, and I was like, you know what, Rock is showing up more than I was giving him credit for. And then I saw him on the end, the the wrong end of a lot of plays on Sunday, but then again I saw a lot of the Raiders on the wrong end of plays on Sunday. So I just think it's, you know, it's a whole lot of guys out there trying to compete and trying to do what they can, but just they're not getting it done. So I think if you bring a guy like Sidney Jones in, at least let him compete, see what he's got. It can't hurt. That's the thing. I'm not saying he's a starter. I'm not saying he's a guy that's gonna, you know, fix all the 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 way the o's or the uh, the woes of the of the Raiders defense. But I mean, he could he can help out a little bit, or at least try to help out. Let's get one more call, and then we'll hear from uh, defensive coordinator Patrick Graham and offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi before we get to Lincoln Kennedy. Let's talk to our friend Raider Mac. Welcome to the show, brother.
4: What's up, fellas? What's up? Hey man, I'm with yeah. you. Q. Hey man, congratulations on going to your son's game, man. You know, you're a real stand-up guy, man. I appreciate that you're doing that because, I, you know, I coach and a lot of parents don't come to their kids' game or do anything. They just, you know, they. I, I just want to, you know, give you props on that, man. Hey, Q, man, I I, I mean, I don't know what to say, man. It, it just, <laughs> we had two winning seasons in the last 20-some years. Right. I mean, we, 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 we've taken a lot of stuff. And the it before, and I... I I like Vee. He came from the Rams, but I always tell him. I call, I call him out on this because he always telling us that this guy was Bennett. Oh, he he told us, yeah, Clems, uh that would. Uh, he said this player is better than this player once they leave the Raiders. I'm like, no, you can't, you can't do that. You, they were good while they was with us, but here's the biggest thing. And I'll let you go. I know you got short time. Hey, man, we we this is the game that make that. that I don't. I always say. Okay, that game is over. You got yeah. blowed out. Okay, let me see what you do the next game. That's what my mm-hmm. coach used to say. Yeah, you got blowed out you, you or you lost by one, whatever. It, it doesn't make a difference. So it's a loss. Let's see what you come up with there. Hey, hey, Q, why not change up a couple of guys just to shake things up, man? Yeah. I mean, you keep putting the same guys in, and they're not doing nothing on defense, offense. Shake it up just a little bit. I'm not saying, you know, and you got to keep McDaniels. That is ridiculous. You know why the Steelers are good every, you know, been good for the last 30, 40 years? It's because they, they only had three coaches in the last three years. You don't need to keep changing coaches no right. more. Just let the guy stay. Let's go do what we got to do. But this game right here is going to show me what you're really all about. And your guy, and I hate to say it, say it I think he needs to sit. You got to sit Trayvon, uh, uh, um, Mert, you got to sit him, and also sit um, Denzel, chairman you got to sit a couple of these guys and switch up it ain't gonna hurt to see if somebody else can do do the job and go back to them if you need them. but at this point you got to switch you got to change something and i'll let you go on that and good stuff congratulations on watching your son tonight man
1: hope Thank y'all you. win yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Thank you, man. I'm pumped up. I'm excited to be here. Can't wait to see uh low Q in action tonight against Arizona, 17th ranked Arizona. That should be a lot of fun. So, yeah, very excited that we're here. Uh, but to your point about switching things up and getting some other guys an opportunity to play, uh, coach, defensive coordinator Patrick Graham actually talked about that earlier in his media session. We'll hear from him next. We'll hear from offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi. And he'll kind of address what Raider Mac just said. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.
10: Hey, Raider
1: Nation, this is Bruce Buffer, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio
6: 920.
0: It's time! Welcome back, Welcome back to Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio
9: 920. Here's your boy, Q.
0: In about ten minutes, we'll hear from
1: Lincoln Kennedy. He did the Raider Roundtable with JT the Brick and Eddie Pascal, who sat in for me today as I was traveling. Many thanks to Eddie for doing that. You can hear that podcast coming up right after this show. So right around 5 o'clock, you could definitely hear from Lincoln, Eddie, and JT the Brick talking about the game that was the Saints and also looking ahead to the Jaguars and a couple other games down on the Raiders' schedule. But we have Lincoln Kennedy coming up at 4 o'clock, so I'm assuming he's going to bring the fire as well. Looking forward to that conversation. But before we took a break, we heard from Raider Mack, And he talked about giving other guys opportunities to play. And so we want to hear from defensive coordinator Patrick Graham and DeMond. We're going to kind of do these sound bites in backwards order from Coach Graham from the bottom to the top because Raider Mack asked about the younger players getting a little bit of playing time and get some burn when these older guys, the veterans, aren't getting it done. So here's Coach Graham talking about the younger guys getting some playing
10: time. I think, you know, what we do is – I think I spoke about it earlier, you know, all opportunities are earned in, on the practice field. And so, you know, again, whether it's age, youth, or, you know, experience is just really trying to put together what we think is best for that week. But, you know, the guys that will be out on the field are the guys that, you know, we say are trying, that earned it in practice. And that's really the process that we go through here. So again, I can't speak for the, when we got here, the roster, you know, the guy, I mean, again, it's we got play, we got good players here and we got to figure out a way to, get, you know, make sure that they're um, I got to make sure I'm putting them in the right spots. And we got to get some we got to get obviously have to execute at a higher level. And, you know, it all starts with me.
1: There you go. Right there. defensive coordinator Patrick Graham talking about how these guys could get onto the field. And that's something that has been a theme with this coaching staff in general right, is you'll earn your playing time by what you do in practice. you got to go out there and get after it in practice. And if you're not getting after it in practice, you don't have an opportunity, right? There's been a long, uh, a, a lot of folks that have been talking about Malcolm Koontz and how come he's not on the field more. And then all of a sudden on Sunday, you saw him out there a little bit more. So maybe he was able to step up his production during practice. And the problem is during the regular season, we're not able to see practice. Uh, only thing we get to see is stretching. And that's it. It's a very small window that we get to see. During training camp, sure, we get to see the whole practice, and it's great. But we don't get to see anything during the season. So we don't know who's out there, what they're doing for practice, what it looks like, if guys are getting after it or not. So we get none of that. So we don't really have any idea. So all we have to uh, go by is who we see on the the field on game day and assume – and assuming is 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 very dangerous, but we have to assume that the guys that are out there are the guys that are working the hardest in practice. So if there's a young dude out there, or maybe a Tayshawn Bauer, that's who I want to see. I want to see Tayshawn Bauer get some burn because what we saw in the preseason. But success in the preseason doesn't necessarily mean success in the regular season, as we could tell by the team. Team went four and zero in the preseason, two and five. In the regular season, one area of the field that is always open, Demond talks about it. I talk about it. JT talks about it. Everyone talks about it. Is always the middle of the field. So many people call in. Why is the middle of the field always wide open like some old school TV antennas? Vinny actually asked Coach Graham about that. Here's his thoughts on the middle of the field being wide open.
10: So the middle of the field, I think, it's just for the quarterbacks. is usually the easier throw. You know, it's hard. It's hard out in this. It's hard in this league to throw it out on the perimeter consistently, uh, just because, you know, the time, the spacing in terms of getting the ball out there and taking a risk with, you know, corners could be trapping out there, you know, just the reaction time. But anytime you're talking about the pass game, the easiest throws are, you know, straight ahead. And we got to do a better job defending that and just understand that's part of the league, especially, um, you know, that's a big part of how the passing game plays out in the league. And then in terms of just personnel, you know, we try to do what we think is best for that week or that given plan. And, you know, everything's reevaluated, you know, the following week and try to put together a plan for Jacksonville, uh, a team that presents a lot of challenges in terms of their skill, um, their their people, they, they have they have blocking, you know, and just the overall the scheme that, you know, Coach Peterson has put in, you know, having gone against them several times when I was with the Giants, And also when I was at Miami, you know, he presents some challenges, especially for that middle part of the field.
1: There you go, the middle part of the field. He said Jacksonville presents some challenges. Doug Peterson presents challenges when it comes to the middle part of the field. And I'll tell you right now, I know one of the the mismatches that that the Jaguars have going for them and a problem that the Jaguars have going for them that the Raiders have to face on Sunday. His name is Travis Etienne. He is going to be a problem. If you watched that Bronco game when they were in London, Travis Etienne was eating. I mean, and he was eating. He was out there hungry, man. So that guy, he could do many things, not just run the rock. He could do many different things. That's why they picked him as early as they did in the draft. That's going to be a guy that the Raiders are definitely going to have to key in on. Now, we got more sound from Patrick Graham. We also got sound from Mick Lombardi. But let's go out to the phone lines, DeMar. Let's go ahead and bring in our good friend Bernard. Welcome to the show, Bernard. What's on your mind, brother?
0: Hey, I just wanted to uh, chime in on this a little bit, Q. We definitely cannot change coaches again, and everybody's going back to what McDaniel's did with uh, with the Broncos. I think that's that's too long ago to compare him to now. And if you look at the games that they lost, the best players made the critical mistakes in all in all their losses before the the Saints game. Throw that game out there. Everybody played like crap, but San Diego car through a bunch of interceptions. You know, Hunter fumbled the ball. Um, Tennessee, I uh, can't remember the critical mistake in that. Um, they just, you know, they just didn't play good. Uh, I believe it's the second half. And in Kansas City, they, you know, Hunter and Devontae ran into each other. So obviously, we all know they've been in been in a lot of games. But the biggest thing that people are not talking about: the Raiders have messed up on so much talent that they're always fighting, you know, to, to try to make up for it with free agency. And their free agents haven't panned out. Neither have their draft picks. So they, they Corey Littleton, Oh, he's supposed to be this. Tkachuk. He's supposed to be this. Nothing. We paid them all that money. Now I don't even know if they're in the league anymore. And Now Chandler Jones. <clears throat> same thing. You know, I was looking at all this tape before before they signed him. I'm like, man, he's gonna be he's gonna be the answer. Excuse me. Now he's not really panning out. So it's like. We just—they just cannot get that one free agent or those our draft picks right to, to just build up on the talent. So for every Max Crosby and Nate Hobbs, it's like they take a step backwards with you know with their with their top picks and then their free agents. So they need more talent, and then we just mess up too many games that they should win, and they're not good enough to you know to blow games that they should win. So they're always taking a step forward and then and three and then three backwards. So until they get some stability. Um, they just we going you know we we've been fans for, for so long and it seems like it's the same thing over and over. But changing, getting a new coach, man, after seven games, I do not want to hear that. Get his get dude a chance because after seven games, it's just it's, it's, it's ridiculous. We're gonna go start all over again. So, I thoughts uh, on that.
1: Uh, good call, Bernard. And, yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with you at all. I, I don't think – and, uh, yeah, I didn't bring up talking about, you know, getting rid of Coach McDaniels at all. I I, I believe he's going to be a good head coach. It's just it's taken longer than I thought it was. I thought they were going to come out the gates, you know, on fire. I thought they were going to look like Steph Curry and Clay Thompson in their prime, right? Just everything was just going to click, 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 and it was going to look great. It hasn't. So, But I, I – by no means am I saying that – that uh, Josh McDaniels should not be the head coach. I know there's some out there that feel that way. I am not one of them. Um, it's funny, though, that you mentioned about free agency and, and how it seems like they're always signing a guy and it just never pans out. DeMond, we had Andrew Brand on the show yesterday. and What did he say about free agency? He said that he always, when he was in the front office, he was always concerned about free agents because why doesn't that team want him?
3: Mm-hmm. Same that was, way. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing about the Raiders. Why didn't they make a move for the trade deadline or some of the teams that are getting rid of these guys? Why don't those teams want them?
1: Right, exactly. You know, you always have to look at that when it comes to free agency, and that's why it's always a crapshoot. That's why the best thing to do is build your team through the draft and try to fill a hole or two here or there uh, through free agency because there's a reason. And, and look, the Chargers are finding out right now. There's a reason why the Patriots didn't keep J.C. Jackson around. I mean, they didn't know he was going to have a season-ending cert- in- injury, but there's still a reason why they didn't decide to keep Mr. INT around. They allowed him to walk for $95 million or whatever that enormous amount of money is, and now the Chargers got nothing out of him. Total fail as far as the free agency goes. Free agency is the biggest crapshoot, and we know all about crapshooting, right? <laughs> there's a reason why. I say it all the time tomorrow. There's a reason why there's uh, air conditioning in the desert, right? Vegas is air conditioning because all the money that goes into those casinos and gets lost, right? Casinos, and this happens to me all the time on my triple double diamond machine. They will take a break. They allow me to win just enough to keep me coming back again, right? They, I win just enough to say, see, wife, I won. And she's like, yeah, see, husband, how much did you lose to win? Uh, why you want to bring up old stuff? <laughs> we talking about right now. We talking about right now. They let you win just enough to keep coming back. 3.59 is the time. When we come back, we'll talk to Lake Kennedy from the Raiders radio broadcast, former Pro Bowl offensive lineman for the Silver and Black. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.
7: Finley Chevrolet is Nevada's number one Chevrolet volume dealership. Again, find new roads. F-I-N-D-L-A-Y
2: Finley Chevy is a place to buy home of the